Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. But see, why no fear? I'm in the will of God. If that's the end, then go to heaven. It's okay. It's better. Better. You get a new pastor who ends on time, it's better. (laughs) The God you and I serve today, he's the Lord of everything. He's in total control. There's nothing impossible with God. Most people have a hard time contemplating death. Even though they know that it's unavoidable, the topic is usually actively dodged. Many Christians have the same aversion to thinking about death, although they're more than happy to think about heaven. Pastor Mark will be teaching what the Bible has to say about trusting God and understanding His rule over all things in your life, including death. You'll be learning how to be thinking about God's control over everything and His ability to make good somehow happen out of any event that occurs in your life. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Acts chapter 4 as he continues his message, Under His Influence, Cowards No More. So here's Peter. He's standing in front of people that have all these religious answers. But watch this. Peter has the answer. And you have the answer. The answer is not religion. The answer is a person named Jesus. Look at verse 13. And when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and took note that these men had been with Jesus. Not only does Peter use the J word, Jesus, but he says to them, there's only one way to heaven, and that's this Jesus that you killed. He's bold. You see, when these men look at Peter and John, what did they see? They saw Jesus. You need to understand this next point. Peter is talking to Jews, and these Jews... Believe in God, Jehovah. The Jews and the Christians, we believe in the same God, God, Jehovah. We have the same God. It's not the same God as the the Muslims. Allah is not God, Jehovah. You need to understand that. You'll hear it. It's true. It's not true. Jews and Christians believe in the same God. So lots of times when I'm sharing with people, I'll hear this. I believe in God. That's a good thing. But what is Peter saying? He's saying believing in God is what? It's not enough. You can't get to heaven by believing in God. You have to believe in God's solution to the problem 
who is Jesus. So it's wonderful to believe in God. If you heard you believe in God, that's wonderful. Great. Thank you. Good. But then you have to believe in God's gift that was sent to you. Believing in God is not enough to get us to heaven. Verse 14. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, proof, there was nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and then they conferred together. Verse 16 would be a verse I would love to have fulfilled in Brevard County. What are we going to do with these men, they ask? Everybody living in Jerusalem knows they have done an outstanding miracle and we cannot deny it. You see, the best advertisement for Jesus is not a radio ad. It's not a television ad. It's not a newspaper ad. The best advertisement for Jesus is a changed life. It's you sharing what God's done in your life. And look at verse 17 and we'll see the whole key and Satan's plan. But to stop this thing, circle this in your Bibles, if you write in your Bible, which you should, circle this, to stop this thing from spreading. Any further among the people, we must warn these men to speak no longer, there's no period there, no longer to anyone in this name. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all, no period, in this, the name of Jesus. It's pretty common all over Asia, especially the Chinese. They wear masks. Of course, when you're on the plane or you're shopping, you see a whole family with masks, you're you're kind of thinking, do they have something or are they trying to keep from having something? It makes you feel a little odd. This is a picture of the Christian church. The one with the mask. See, Satan knew how to stop the spread of the good news. How? Just keep people from speaking. See, coming to Christ isn't automatic. It's not something you get up one day and go, Well, I think I like to be a Christian. I'm not sure what that means, but... Uh, I I know John 3.16, here's how I do it, Uh, Romans. No, it's not intuitive. You have to tell people how to be Christians. So Satan says, here's how we do it. We just put masks on people and we'll keep it from spreading. That's exactly what was going to happen. The religious leaders say, we know how to stop it. Don't speak in his name anymore. You don't need to write this down, but you need to understand that fear stops us from sharing and spreading the good news. But Jesus knew how to spread the good news. It's part of the Great Commission. Mark 16, go into all the world and preach the gospel. But Jesus also knew we could never accomplish that without the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the reason for this whole series, under his influence. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And then you will be witnesses. And then you will share boldly from your life. It's not a concept. It's a principle. What is boldness? Boldness is speaking up when God opens the door. Boldness is not brashness. Understand, I've watched thousands of people come to Jesus Christ in my lifetime. Thousands. And I don't have a belt with a... Everyone can... There's another notch, another... Man, i got to get a new belt. i got all these... I never save anyone, ever. God saves them all. You don't save anyone. You don't convict anyone. 
The Holy Spirit convicts. The Holy Spirit saves. Jesus is the one who becomes their savior. I'm only responsible for sharing. The response is left up to God. So as you see this verse, you understand this principle. What is boldness? Boldness is engaging in a conversation when you know the person is searching for meaning and purpose. You remember the crossroads? Your ear is open. Somebody at work that you've been with a long time, and they make this comment. The boss called me in, and I'm going to be let go next week. After 24 years here. Hmm. They're not in control. They're wondering what life's about. That's an opportunity for you. You see, boldness is speaking the truth, even when you know it will not be accepted. If God opens a door, we do it. Well, what's Peter and John's response going to be to this? It's very powerful. Look at verse 19. Peter and John replied to this command not to speak anymore in the name of Jesus. Well, judge for yourself whether it's right in God's side to obey you. Or do we obey the Great Commission? You already know the answer to that. You always obey God, not man. And here's the part I want you to circle. For we, circle this, cannot help speaking. Just circle that. We cannot help. I can't help myself. From time to time, we all go on diets. You're in a diet, you're out. Somebody takes you to a restaurant. You're there and you did really good. You had the boiled vegetables, no butter on your bread. And somebody walks by with this triple sundae with nuts and ice cream all on the top. And what do we quite often say? I can't help myself. And here we go. That's what they're saying. Well, you can tell us not to share, but we can't help ourselves. We can't help ourselves from simply talking about our faith. Notice what they say. We cannot help speaking about not what we've learned, not about the doctrine, not about Calvary Chapel. We cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. Now, what did Peter and John see and hear that would give them boldness? Well, for three years they walked with Jesus. They saw how many lives changed. How many would have liked to walk with Jesus for three years? I would. I mean, you think it would change you? Wow. Well, what else did Peter and John see and hear? Who were the ones that walked into the empty grave that morning? Peter and John. And it was empty. And that night, scared, huddled in a room, all the disciples are there. Who walks through the door without opening the door? Jesus. And they talked with him. They saw the resurrected Christ. I mean, how can you not help to talk about that? And then Jesus says, go to the upper room. You're not ready yet. And he says, if you go, things will happen. They go. And what did they see and hear? They saw tongues of fire on their head. They heard a rushing wind. And all of a sudden, they're speaking in other tongues. And here's Peter giving a sermon he's never studied. And what does he see? 3,000 people except the Lord. Then they go into town and a lame man is healed who has never walked. He's jumping all over town. Everybody's talking about it. They get put in jail. And the people are 2,000 more. That's how it spreads. Because what we see 
and hear. Let me ask you a question. What things have you seen or heard that you could share about that God's doing in and through your life? As we hear about God's goodness and God's workings and changed life, we need to be talking to each other about these things. See, testimonies of God encourage us to believe more and to look for more open doors. Let me challenge you again. Do not do this thing called Christian life alone. Get into a small group. You heard the story again. If we do the same things over and over and expect a different result, we're idiots. Get into a small group. Hear testimonies. Find a small group. Get yourself plugged into them. One of the most effective ways of sharing the good news is simply to say what God has done in your life. Let me tell you about one that happened recently. I thought it was exciting. I'll just take a minute. A man was here. And he told me about this recently. He wrote me a whole long letter. I can't, I can only give you this much of it. It was powerful. He's new at Christianity, about a year. And we had an afterglow night where we prayed for people to receive the spirit. This is a number of months ago. He came. He said, I want all that God has for him. So he goes back and has the elders or one of the couples pray for him. He's walking back to his seat and he goes, nothing happened. No fire, no tongues. No, I didn't fall over. Did I really receive? He goes, well, God says if I just receive, I will, and my life will be different. So he went and sat down. And we're still worshiping, and he's kind of thinking, well, it's not kind of what I expected, but maybe I didn't expect right. And a lady nearby him says, out of the blue, he doesn't know her, do you have a cigarette after the service that you can give me? And he goes like, where did that come from? And he said, well, yes, I am a smoker. been a smoker like 40-some years. But he, but he said, I don't know if this is the right time to be talking about giving you a cigarette when we leave the service. He says, what if we just ask God right now here, he, this is spur of the moment, to just take the crazy habit from us? She said, okay. So he prayed. That was it. He doesn't, he's never seen the lady again. That was about three or four months ago. He's never smoked one more time in his whole life. He's done. Instantly, instantly healed. Now you say, did God do that? Well, how many of you were smoking? Did God do that? God did that. Because you try everything else. Hypnosis, all kind of, you know, you try it all. God had to break it. See, that's a good thing, because now you can afford a car. You don't have to buy a cigarette. You can afford a brand new car. It's amazing. And you won't smell like whatever, and, and you won't get lung cancer. Hallelujah. That's a good thing. See, that's just one little teeny testimony of someone thinking, well, I got filled, but nothing happened. Whoa, something happened. Been trying for 40 years to stop. Does that encourage you, that little teeny testimony? encourages me. Because, see, nothing's too difficult for God. From that little thing to cancer, to a man who had never walked. Verse 23. And their release, Peter and John go back to their own people. And they report all the chief priests and the elders that said to them. So they gave him this whole story. Look in verse 24. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Now, if you were these people... What would your prayer sound like? Here's what my prayer would sound like. Thank you, God. 
You got Peter and John out of there. One night's enough. You just think there's probably 150 people. We don't know how many people in there. We're probably thinking, am I going to be next? Uh, God, this is what I'd be praying. I don't really want to go to jail. Could we take this good news to another city? This is not like a popular place to be right now. Maybe we should go to Samaria right now. What kind of prayer would you be praying? Well, you're going to see in a moment, they pray a very different prayer. A prayer that you and I have never prayed in our life, ever. I guarantee you. Well, look how they start the prayer. By the way, write this. Cowards no more. Pray bold prayers. Pray big prayers. You're going to see the prayer they pray. It's a little embarrassing to me. It's challenging. They started with verse 24. Sovereign Lord. That'd be a good thing to pray the following week. Just say, start your prayer with sovereign Lord. What does sovereign Lord mean? It means I'm praying to the God who is sovereign. He's in control of everything in the world. In other words, everything that had just happened to Peter and John, the jail, the 2,000 people coming, the man being healed, the boldness to the religious leaders, everything was arranged by God. All Peter had to do was follow God's leading. Nothing's happening by accident. Do you know that all things work together for good to those that love God? Nothing happens in our life by accident. So even the jailing was part of God's plan. Even the going to the cross was part of God's plan for Jesus. Sovereign. So you can write this. Cowards no more. God is in control. That takes the fear away from a lot of things, doesn't it? He is in control. Then it goes on in verse 24. God, you're the one who made the heaven and the earth and everything in them. What does that mean? Well, why should I be fearful when the very ground that I'm standing on today was made by God? You see, that's the greatness of God. Cowards no more remember the greatness of God. Think about the greatness of God. Lynn and I were in Hong Kong. I thought this was ironic. We're there, and I'm teaching in a Calvary Chapel mission seminar. And the first night we're there, there's a typhoon that comes through. I mean, I live in Florida, but no hurricanes. And I go to Hong Kong, and there's a typhoon the first night. We're in this building. I'm thinking, I wonder how good this building is as it rocks during the night. It was an eight, which is like huge, but it missed the coast and it went down to a two. So it blew all night long and we were fine. But see, why no fear? I'm in the will of God. If that's the end, then we go to heaven. It's okay. It's better. Better. You get a new pastor who ends on time, it's better. The God you and I serve today, he's the Lord of everything. He's in total control. There's nothing impossible with God. And then they pray a prayer after they start this way that I'd like you to practice. Look at verse 29. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word. No period. With what? Say it with me. With, with boldness. With great boldness. And then verse 30. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders. 
through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. This is their prayer. Give us boldness to speak. Give us boldness to speak your word. And then confirm your word with whatever thing supernatural you want to do from the smallest to the greatest. You're in control. Nothing's impossible with you, God. What they're praying is what the will of God is. Two more things to write. Here's the first one. Cowards no more. Pray for boldness to proclaim the good news. See, instead of saying, God, don't put us in that kind of a circumstance again. We don't want to be in jail anymore. They go, it's okay. You use that to spread the gospel. That's what you're after, is to spread the gospel. Now, when you pray a prayer in the will of God, God always answers our prayer. Look at verse 31. And after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. People question, what does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? There's a million things that can happen being filled with the Spirit. We've talked to some of them. Supernatural gifts, gifts of the Spirit, speaking in tongues, all kind of miracles. All kind of things happen when we're filled. Get into Ephesians 5.18. All these things happen about our family being in order. At work, we're in order. All these things happen. But one of the key reasons that God empowers us is in this verse. Here's a sign of being filled. And you can ask yourself if you're filled. Notice. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. See, that's the way the gospel is spread to the world. You and I open our mouths. We're not afraid to share the good news. And we do it boldly when God opens the door. This overcomes fear. This overcomes any kind of apathy. Boldness simply means to be telling it all, telling the truth to people. The last thing for you to write today is this. If I'm a coward no more, that means I understand that God will provide opportunities to share. Don't pray this prayer and expect God not to do it. He will do it. That's his will. God loves to answer big prayers, prayers that are prayed in the will of God. Remember, you're not holding God up. God's holding us up. And here's your homework. I want you to pray verses 29 and 30 of Acts 4. I want you to pray it. And every day this week, simply say to God, God, chisel off a little bit of the fear of sharing and chisel off the apathy that I don't care about the lost and expect God to open a door. It'll be amazing. Expect him to open a door. He will answer prayer because that's how people come to the Lord. Be bold. Today, Pastor Mark talked more about Peter and John's trial in front of the Jewish religious leaders. You heard how God gave Peter the words to say to them when they challenged him and how God continued to grow the church. You heard about the Spirit-filled Christian's prayer to God after this first bit of persecution and how they were given boldness by the Holy Spirit. You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today and we'd love to connect with you. 
Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. This wraps up Pastor Mark's teaching, Under His Influence, Cowards No More. Next time, he'll begin his message, Under His Influence, Changed Lives. You'll hear examples from the Bible about people that met God and were radically changed from who they'd previously been. You'll be reminded that God did that for you and can change your friends too. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Ballmer, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living and together, let's do life right. in a hurting world a new hope he is giving